0: It's for real on a bench in the biggest way possible, hanging out, the bad seat, the broken ate a bad apple, with a bad attitude, hanging around a bunch of bad others, bad taste, bad locks, bad dude, bad breath, bad attention, bad vibes. We are live in the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios in New York City. Millions of Americans finance the home of their dreams with their help. They can help you too. Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. People dressed in plastic bags, directed traffic, some kind of fashion, shake it up, shadooby. Oh, all my friends that come around, fight to fight to party up, rats on the west side, bedbugs uptown, what a mess, This tons of tattered, my range is splattered all over Manhattan, shadooby, shadooby. Are you with us tonight from New York? 855-212-4CBS, 4227 is our toll-free line brought to you by Geico. Great news, you can save a bunch of money if you just switch to Geico, go to... Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. Bob Sturm will join us from the ticket in Dallas. He does mad radio middays on the ticket, and he's been on the bench a million times. Good to have him back. Bob Sturm will talk about the Cowboys. Jerry Jones made it clear again today that Jason Garrett is not going anywhere as head coach, and it'd be a guy that... Would be very sought after if he was fired. I don't know. Does anybody believe that? Like a bunch of people would be after him if he got fired by the Cowboys?
4: I don't particularly believe it. But, you know, there's a lot of dumb franchises out there.
0: I mean, I honestly. You're
4: going to say, wow, this guy's won a lot of games. But uh,
0: but what's he done really in Dallas besides win a bunch of meaningless games that don't matter? I mean, none of them matter.
4: He's won, I think, one or two playoff games. That's it.
0: Is that about it? So we'll talk to Bob Sturm about that. they got a big game coming up on Sunday. Is that a Sunday night game? uh, Eagles-Cowboys is the Sunday night game. It is the Sunday nighter. So we'll talk about that. The Eagles have uh, basically, uh, their coach said they're going to go down there and win the game, but then he backtracked and said he just said it to keep his team confident. But what he really meant was that they were going to go down there and win. So it's a nice way of saying he guarantees that they're going to win on Sunday night in Dallas. Meanwhile, they're no better than the Cowboys. That's coming up there at uh, 1020 East, 1040 East. Sweeney Murdy getting down and dirty with Sweeney Murdy. The Yankees uh, beat guy for the fan in New York. Sweeney Murdy will join us to talk about the Yankees losing to Garrett Cole today in the Bronx on a perfect day for baseball in the boogie down. Astros take a 2-1 lead in the ALCS behind seven shutout innings from Garrett Cole, seven strikeouts, no runs, five walks. He gave up four hits in seven innings. He beat Severino, the loser. Severino, four and a third, six strikeouts, two earned runs. Both of them home runs, a home run in the first, Altuve, a home run in the second, and uh Reddick hit that one to right in the second deck. He just hit a bomb. So, and then the Yankees had the bases loaded in the first, and that was really, I mean, the only other time that that was it. That they they never had any real.
4: They had a couple innings with two guys on. They they had some chances. They had chances against Cole. They got guys. They had nine guys on base against Cole. Which is, for him, unheard of. And no runs. They got five walks. Cole hadn't walked that many guys all year. I mean, they were getting guys on base. They just weren't getting them home. Every time they had two outs and a couple on, Cole just found a way to to get out of it.
0: So, there you go.
4: I mean, and in the sixth, I mean, they had a couple guys on. Didi hits that ball all the way to the fifth or sixth, whatever that was, where Didi hit the ball all the way to the wall. Uh, He just missed one. They had the first inning with them loaded. They had chances. Bottom line, same story as Sunday night for the Yankees. They didn't score runs, and that's supposed to be their strength, right? right. Their bullpen and their offense is what's supposed to win games for them. Well, the- how much trouble
0: do you think they're in now? Because they got to, if they, like, uh, they ha- literally, in my view. They have game, to win the two games. At home. They have to win them because.
4: Well, they're in a scenario now where they have to win the two games at home and then find a way to beat one of those two guys down in Houston. And it's that's what it's going to be. They need to go back to Houston up 3-2 and find a way in either Game 6 or 7 to beat Verlander or Cole.
0: And do you so think it. they'll win Game 4 on Thursday when they finally play it? Because Wednesday is
4: going to get rained out. I, I do. Well, it's going to be interesting because it's going to. I'm wondering what the setup's going to be here for both teams, which way they're going to go. Because if they did play tomorrow night, it looks like it would be one of those bullpen games. And you like the Yankees' chances in a scenario like that because the Astros are going to throw a bunch of guys that you would think that Yankee offense could finally get going with. Um, You know, the rainout makes things tricky for the Yankees because they're so reliant on that bullpen. They will then not have a day off for the last four days of that series, and they're going to have to try to go four days in a row you know, using their all their big guys. I think one bigger. of the problems I have
0: with it is, uh, seriously, that the Astros lineup is as vicious as the Yankees. And, and I think in in more ways than one, they're better. They are, they have a better lineup. I think Springer, Altuve, Brantley, Bregman, Gurriel, the kid, uh, Jordan, Alvarez, Correa at the bottom with Redick. I mean, honest to God, that is a sickening lineup. Maldonado I mean, at the bottom. Good
4: lineups, they have but it's not like they scored 12 runs today. Severino settled. No, I, I just don't know Severino how Severino settled down. I don't know
0: how you shut them down entirely, and they didn't. They didn't shut him down uh, today either. They get you know you hit two home runs and give Cole two home runs. It's like you're dead in the water. And then uh, the bottom line is is Altuve was two of five. Brandley was two of four. Uh, a bunch of guys had hits. Redick had hits. I mean, they had hits. The Yankees. You're right, but they didn't score runs. The other team scored runs. So well, that's what it
4: comes down to. I don't, I don't, know, don't know how they get out. them out.
0: Like when I, when I'm like watching their, like when Severino was pitching, and and one guy after the next is coming up to the plate, and they're all good. I'm just thinking, what? Who's going to get these guys out? These
4: are the two best teams for a reason. I'm a, yeah, I'm, they're, assuming they're
0: the that, uh, I'm assuming that I'm assuming that Tanaka and Paxton are your next two games and they uh, and I, they no, have to win.
4: No, I mean they're going to do this bullpen thing either either you know games 4 or 5. So they're yeah, not even the, starting Tanaka? He's going to start the other game, whichever one it is. If the, if the rainout happens, Tanaka will pitch Thursday or Friday in New York. The other game will be, you know, Chad Green starting and then they go from there. I believe and they're So they're save. saving Paxton for uh, I believe uh, they'll start Paxton Saturday in Houston. That would be my guess. And then Severino Sunday in Houston.
0: Oh, oh God. God. And that guy, I got to tell you now, you talk about he settled down. I, I'll give you – I'll give you
4: – But they uh, couldn't go to those other guys. They needed him to do that today because if he didn't do that and they brought Lions or Hap or any of those other guys in, instead of it being 2 nothing in the fifth or sixth or seventh inning when the Astros got those other runs, it could have been 7 nothing because those guys just would have poured tons of gasoline on the fire. He needed to settle down, and thankfully he did. They had to have that today. They couldn't score, bottom line. Today was on the O. I thought his
0: uh, slider was terrible.
4: It was. His fastball was the only thing that was working for him. So
0: all he had to do was key on the fastball, and and they weren't biting on the changeup either. So that was like, for me, it just, I just didn't, you know, do you remember the, uh, what was it, the Bregman at bat, the first at bat in the first inning when a guy fouled off like 10 pitches and he was up there for 10 minutes? I thought that was all I needed to know. He couldn't get him out. He, he eventually got him, but that guy had the greatest at bat ever and just drained him.
4: Thirty six pitch first inning. Just you know, you just can't have it for what the Yankees are trying to do. I just was and like, still got him to five. I was
0: watching him to I, – I was watching the game, and I'm thinking to myself, "How is this? He can't get anybody out. How is he going to beat him? He can't even get him out." It was the most struggling like scenario I've ever seen that guy in where he just. Couldn't get anybody out. His stuff wasn't working. Like, they weren't fooled by his pitches at all. And their timing was off on the uh, fastball. But if they, you know, key on that guy, if they face him again, in my opinion, they light him up. That's that's what I'm worried about. Because I, I don't, I got to be honest with you, I just don't have faith in him. I really don't. He's not the same pitcher Remember that he was, that he was their dominating ace, then he got injured, he missed the whole season, and he came back in September, and this is what we're getting. He's
4: never been good in the playoffs, period. Right. Even those those other years, he's not good in the playoffs.
0: It's unbelievable how good he is, and then in the playoffs, he sucks. It really is unbelievable. We'll talk to Sweeney Murdy about it later. Uh, Bob Stern will be up first. Uh, Busy day today. Oh, by the way, the uh, NLCS is going on 7-4, Nats trying to sweep in the 7th, top half of the 7th, nobody on, nobody out. Is that about accurate? I think it's 7-4. So uh, there you go. And it was 7-1. to It was 7 nothing. That's how they were up 7 Seven runs in the
4: first inning, right?
0: Seven in the first. So uh, they are trying to finish it off tonight in D.C. And uh, that lead is tenuous, 7-4. And that busy day for the Rams they acquired Jalen uh, Complainer Ramsey from the Jags for two first round picks and a fourth rounder. So uh, they also send cornerback Marcus Peters to the Ravens, who they had just traded for last year, right? They got him. Now they got rid of him, sent him been to awful the Ravens. Uh, too big of a price tag for the Rams to pay to fix their struggling defense because now they have no uh, first round draft pick for the next five years. Literally. And. I won't deny Jalen Ramsey's a a great player. And maybe that'll change their fortunes because they certainly haven't played like a Super Bowl team this year, have they? The Titans will make a quarterback change after a two and four start that has seen their offense sputter as Ryan Tannehill will replace Marcus Mariota. Will Tannehill be that much of an upgrade? 855-212-4CBS to get on the bench. We're here all night. Bob Sturm is up first from the ticket in Dallas.
1: You're listening to Pharrell on the bench.
0: All right, 855-212-4227 is the number to get on the bench. All right, let's go to uh, Dallas and our good friend Bob Sturm. He does bad radio middays on the ticket in Dallas. How you doing, Bob?
1: Hey, Scotty. How are we doing tonight?
0: I'm all right, man. So let's start with, uh, do you, uh, like, you know, doing the show every day and everything over the years here, uh, and it just is like, a it's like a broken record this whole, every single season, the entire year, all they ever talk about, it, it would appear to me is that uh, Jason Garrett's going to get fired. Does it ever get painful <laughs> to you that, that, here we go again, does it ever bother you?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it just bothers me that nothing ever changes. Uh, yeah. I, I, I was uh, talking today about all the times I thought Garrett needed to go, and it goes all the way back to 2012. Uh, you know, the, he was hired in midway through 2010, 2011, okay, but by 2012, uh, you know, this is uh, when uh, RG3, uh blown ACL, beats them in a must-win game at the end of the year. Roll all through a couple bad picks there, and I kind of thought you could make a case that uh, Jason Garrett is not the guy for this job. And then in 2013, they lose uh, consecutive December games to backup quarterbacks, Josh McCown in Chicago and Matt Flynn in Green Bay. Uh, the Green Bay game, they were up 26-3 at, at halftime. To Matt freaking Flynn, and they let that thing get away. And I thought I thought he should be fired there in 2017 in Atlanta with Chaz Green gave up six sacks to Adrian claiborne and they didn't give their left like, tackle any help because Tyron was hurt and Zeke was suspended. I thought he should have been fired there. So, you know, there's there's so many times I thought he's he's uh, coached a, a game that's a fireable offense, Scotty that. It, it it never changes he never gets fired he's practically a jones uh son uh by now and uh you know just the idea that uh, uh he would ever uh you know do something crazy enough to get fired just seems hard to believe now so uh, I try to keep up the energy. I try to fight the good fight. But at a certain point, you just throw up your hands and say, this guy, now that Marvin Lewis is out, he might be the most unfireable coach in the in the business.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, well, I can't fathom that guy lasted. But this guy uh, is like uh, the Teflon Don, apparently. But, you know, Jerry just keeps, uh, you know, defending him. And then he was defending the officiating today. He was defending the new pass interference role. Does it get to a point ever where you guys uh, down there, because I'd love to know, do you think that, because we say up here, not that we we don't matter at all about your business in Dallas, but, you know, I'm on there, so I always am interested. But we we are always saying that, like, somebody needs to get Jerry to stop. I know it'll never happen, but we need to get him to stop talking. Like, you know, stop doing interviews, because it's gotten to the point where he's like the, it seems like he's like the old, you know, the grandpa that when he starts drinking scotch, he just starts letting out all the family secrets.
1: Well, I I don't know that that's uh, necessarily that far from the truth. To be honest, uh, he he is easily the most interviewed owner in the NFL, uh, and he will say, "Oh, that's because he's the general manager," and and uh, we know how round and round that conversation goes. Partly because he uh, hired himself as general manager 30 seasons ago. And is absolutely unfireable as well. And we also could argue how much he actually does any GM uh, work, as I don't see him uh, scouting terribly hard at the Senior Bowl or at the uh, Combine or anything like that. Although he does show up in both places because that's where he gets interviewed every year. So um, there's a a number of frustrating things about the entire operation. He is a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant businessman who has turned his $150 million purchase into a $5 billion franchise. Right. So nobody can question that. But at the end of the day, if you were to ask the question, what's more important to him right now, a successful worldwide business of the Dallas Cowboys or – the Super Bowl champion Dallas Cowboys and you have to pick one you can't have both uh, you have to pick one or the other what's more important growing the brand to the most unstoppable financial force in the universe or winning it all and uh, I kind of think we know the answer based on the last 25 years so.
0: yeah I, I think you're right and um, so uh, there's no denying uh, how huge they are there's no denying that their relevance and their money and, and what it's worth and and everything else I have to tell you, though, like I was sitting watching a game Sunday, right here in New York, and I am not a, you know, I'm not a Jets fan or a Giants fan or any sure. fan. I don't, I don't, I really don't. I actually, you know, like the Cowboys better than both of them. But I have to tell you that I, I was sitting there, my mother in law was just hammering drinks, and we were having dinner, and she was just. She loves the, the you know, the, the cute little quarterback for the Jets, Sam Darnold. She just thinks he's adorable, and she's just partying, getting hammered, and she was screaming and yelling. Meanwhile, I had laid eight and a half, and I was ready to knock her face off, and I was just ready to take a bat to her because I couldn't take it, and I was just like, oh, my God. And I'm watching this team, the Cowboys, just implode one, one series after the next. I mean, watching them on Sunday made me want to puke.
1: They look so bad. Well, and especially coming off two losses, and in both cases, you could argue in those games, they should not have lost either one of those games because they're playing the Saints without Drew Brees, and they're playing the Packers without any wide receivers, and in both cases, uh, when they took the field, everyone felt like they were the better team uh, on that day uh that when the game started unfortunately nobody felt that way when the game ended so to put those two performances back to back and then to show up in in, in new jersey on sunday and to kind of uh, be outplayed on both sides of the ball again uh it's just it's it's, it's pretty disappointing because this team at three and zero had uh, some some very very high hopes and uh, they've kind of given all their profits back. Now, it's a long, long season, and, you know, you beat Philadelphia on Sunday, and you're feeling good going into your bye week again, but it, it, nothing's easier on here. You know, they they just can't deal with success, and it, it feels like they've, won- they've lost now three consecutive games that, honestly, uh, in each case, it feels like they really underachieved on that Sunday. And I, I realize that's the league, but... Uh, you, you just you, you look at a team and you say, okay, you know they're talented, they're deep. Uh, this is this is the year they're not going to uh, underachieve, and, 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 and unfortunately, here we go again. But they could still
0: win this division because I think the Giants and Redskins stink, and if they yeah. beat Philly, it's a huge win. And now I, I don't care about all the the guarantees and Peterson and all this other nonsense. What I care about is. Uh, how are they going to beat Philly and how much money is Dak uh, Prescott worth now that he has looked so terrible lately?
1: Well, you know, these, these are, these are good questions. I mean, the Eagles uh, have plenty of their own problems, including no defensive backs that uh, seemingly can cover. And, and uh, honestly, you know, it's amazing that they didn't do more to address that in the off season because that was the entire deal with the Eagles last year uh, down the stretches. They had no corners. And, and, and even when they're healthy, they still really don't have any corners. Uh, they're just slightly better versions of it. So the Eagles have their own problems. And I, you know, I'd like to think the Cowboys can handle that. Now, the long-term situation with Dak, of course, is a bit of a complex one. As as are half the quarterbacks in this league, it seems like, where, you know, we're sure Baker Mayfield is great, and then he's not, and then we're sure Jared Goff is great, and then he's not. And, you know, round and round we go with many of these guys. Dak is, 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 is certainly you no know, different. And, and for the most part, uh, you know, for instance, on Sunday, there there was not a lot wrong with his game plan or with, with his performance, but the game plan in particular was so darn conservative, and they were treating the Jets like uh, – they were taking on, uh, you know, the the 2010 Rex Ryan Jets or something like that, That they had to be super careful when they came into town. And, and the, you know, the Jets had no confidence whatsoever. So for the Cowboys to go in there with such a vanilla game plan where they ran the ball 70% of the time on first down, 80% of the time in the red zone, it was like they, they stopped trusting their passing game again. And I get it. Amari Cooper was out. Randall Cobb was out. But still, this is when if you have a quarterback you believe in, you uh, you allow him to do more than than what you allowed him to do on Sunday. Instead, they're feeding Zeke right into the teeth of that Jets defensive line, and just setting up third and long. And you know it's it, it's very frustrating that in year four, uh, and and in Kellen Moore's first year. We're still kind of going back to the Jason Garrett where we're going to be super careful. We're going to run the ball and run the ball and run the ball. And, you know, it's like, well, then then why would you pay a quarterback uh, 30, 35 million dollars a season if, if apparently you still don't trust him? And why don't you trust him if he seldom them, throws them games away? I mean, this isn't Jameis Winston here. Dak has a reputation of taking care of the ball, but yet uh, to do what they did on Sunday just didn't make a lot of sense to me. So uh, I got two questions
0: for you. Respectfully, I got about 90 seconds. First one, uh, you do the Stars games on TV and everything. What do you think of uh,
1: their horrible start? Well, it's 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 unbearable. I mean, uh, you know, speaking of high expectations, uh, they – they put a lot into this. They go get Joe Kodowski. They, they they try to show. Them. They got a lot of kids they really like, and and here they go right out of the gates. And it's kind of the same old, same old. The special teams are garbage. Uh, the the top six are not doing enough. Uh, uh, they're not sure what they have left in Jamie Benn, Uh, You know, they're, they're they're hoping Corey Perry can give them something. But you and I both know he's seen his best days. So. Uh, I I, I hate to say it, but they already seem like they're in critical condition. We just got out of the gate.
0: Yeah, and lastly, uh, I thought uh, Porzingis and and Doncic looked incredible last night. I think they're going to really go off playing together. I think that that, I mean, we never saw Porzingis look this ripped, and and he gained muscle, like 20 pounds of muscle. I think he looks fantastic.
1: It looks great. The supporting cast is going to be the issue. They're going to have lots of open shots, but do they have enough players to knock it down? They really needed to get a third piece this summer. They came up empty again. They had to settle for Seth Curry and some some other spare parts. And Seth Curry's fine, but it's not quite the level that they were dreaming of. And, you know, uh, this West is so difficult that uh, I see the uh, Vegas numbers like 40 wins. They're going to be exciting, but are they going to be an over-500 team? That's the big question there. I I
0: love Doncic. I think he's just an absolute, just sickening talent. I mean, this guy just absolutely fills it up like no other. I can't get enough of him. I love watching the Dallas games because of him. And Porzingis, he can flat-out play and shoot and block shots. And so those two together I think are going to be very magical down in Dallas for a while. So I'm a big fan. Uh, Bob, great stuff tonight. Always good to catch up. Say hi to everybody in Dallas at the Ticket for us. You got it, Scotty. Take it easy, man. All right, Bob Sturm from The Ticket in Dallas.
2: Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it.
1: You're listening to Pharrell on the bench.
0: All right, a huge week again of football action. It all starts tomorrow. There's a college game, believe it or not. Tomorrow night it's not a great one, but it all starts. But all of my college and pro picks are all posted on PharrellOnTheBench.com. You get baseball every game through the playoffs, hockey every game, boxing, MMA every fight, basketball starts next week. PharrellOnTheBench.com rules every play every day. Big changes coming in November. Better for you. PharrellOnTheBench.com. Sign up today. Hide the money from your wife. It's time to get down and dirty with Sweeney Murdy, the legendary uh, Yankees beat guy for WFAN here in New York. He's covering the ALCS, and today Garrett Cole got the job done and took a 2-1 lead in the ALCS with a win in the boogie down. 4-1 Astros get it done. Sweeney, how you doing, buddy?
2: Good, Scotty. How are you?
0: I'm doing well, except for that Yankee game. I got to tell you, uh, I, I just thought. Now, I'll give you. Carver High said that the guy, you know, what they needed for him to do in this game, he did. He, you know, was able to go four and a third, whatever. But for me, I, I actually I, I suffered through that like first inning and and just you know the home runs in the first and the second. And I thought, you know, as you saw, the slider wasn't uh, working at all, and they weren't biting on his change and. They were just trying to time his fastball and try to get wood on it, and I just felt like it was just uh, I was suffering watching this guy pitch. I don't know about you, but it really it was driving me nuts.
2: It was it was a struggle for Severino, but it, you know I mean you said, you said thirty six pitches in the first inning. Uh, he's a fifty two through two. It's only two nothing there. You know um, they got. Think of it this way, okay? You would have loved to see him go a little bit further, a little bit cleaner, be a little more dominant but they got through the 6th inning of that ball game and it was two nothing. And and they got through the you know they were into the 7th inning you, were, you thought you were probably out of um, you're done with Cole after 6 innings cuz he had 102 pitches but they tacked on those two more in the top and then he came back and pitched the bottom of the 7th pretty quickly but you're you're through 6 innings only down two runs. I think that's all you were looking for out of Luis Severino. You know the Yankees had the other side of this is they're down 2-1 because they put a lot of runners on base against Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole, more than most teams have in the last couple of months, more than the Tampa Bay Rays did. But they weren't able to knock them in. And, you know, they score a couple of runs here. Luis Severino's outing looks fine, and that's not what happened.
0: Yeah, it was I, – I thought that Bregman at bat really uh, was kind of a precursor to what was happening. Uh, you know, that, that at bat he had was phenomenal. Like, it seemed like he was up there forever. And they were talking about it, you know, Smoltz was like, he's used every pitch in the bag. He's seen everything that's going to – bode well for him it never it never did in the game he never got a hit he, he got on twice I thought he had you know incredible at bats that that first one against Severino I thought really messed with Severino's head
2: he uh he worked full fouled off a lot of pitches 11 pitches before he finally struck him out um you know and then you remember what happened right after that is the ball um up the middle it was a weak grounder right that that Um, he play on, but he can't, you know, he's never going to throw him out. So, um, you know, he got the contact he was looking for. It was in the wrong spot and they couldn't get the out. And you tack on a few more pitches after that. Um, Listen, they put good at bats on Garrett Cole too. You look at what um, Gleyber Torres did to Cole. You look what Aaron Hicks did to Cole. He threw a lot of pitches early in that ball game, more than he was, Um, anybody else has been making them do over the course of the last couple of months here, you know, they left nine men on base in the first five innings and all the Yankees talk about are taking good at bats, creating traffic. They were able to do that. I thought before the game, and I mentioned this in a couple of shows, I thought the Yankees needed to be aggressive, as aggressive as Cole was going to allow them to be. And what I meant by that is you can't keep taking pitches against the guy who's going to be pounding the strike zone. But if you look at what they did, they walked five times against them, so they laid off the pitches out of the zone. They also swung early in the count at first pitches a lot, which means they were swinging at strikes. They just didn't you know, hit them into the gaps or over the fences. Their plan offensively that they have executed very well over the course of the last six and a half months was executed exactly to plan here. Just the balls they put in play didn't drive in runs like they have for this last six and a half
0: months. Sweeney Murdy with us covers the Yankees for WFAN in New York. Uh, uh, so what do you think now, uh, uh, you know, the plan is? Because we've we've heard about the weather. Everyone's expecting a, a wash tomorrow. And then, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, if, if necessary. So uh, Thursday and Friday, it makes those... I mean, it makes those games like ultra imperative. I, and, you know, that lineup of theirs, I think both teams are very dangerous, but there is no way I can, you know, not be scared of that Astros lineup. It's just sickening. Every guy up practically is just makes me so I'm chewing my fingernails. How are they going to pull this off uh, in New York at the very least in these games Thursday and Friday? Cause they have to. Yeah,
2: they have to. I mean, and if, if it does get rained out tomorrow, then you've got Masihara not coming back on normal rest. The other side of that is if it does get rained out, you've got Justin Verlander coming back in game five on normal rest. Um, so you, you know, both sides have their advantages. If there's a rainout, uh, disadvantages perhaps to uh, playing four days in a row and having to roll out relievers, uh, maybe some less effective if uh, they're, they're being worked a lot. Um, the one thing I'll tell you about the Yankees' pitching, though, I mean, they—it's it's been really good. That when the Astros scored two runs in the seventh inning, it was the first time this entire postseason in six games that anybody has scored multiple runs in an inning against the Yankees. Every other inning that they've allowed runs, and it wasn't much. It was a one spot, solo homers, and, and that's it. So, they've done the job against the second- and third-highest-scoring offenses in the majors, in the Twins and the Astros. They've put themselves in position to win. And, listen, until the last two games, they had lost. They lost the last two games. And for all the yelling and screaming about the starting pitching, it was not because they didn't pitch well enough. Sure, Paxton got knocked out early, and there was a trickle down. But they held until the 11th thing before they broke. The offense had plenty of chances to score before that and didn't in this ball game. As I said, two nothing through six, the offense has chances and they put all those runners on base against Cole and they didn't score. This is not about the pitching. And much like the series against the Astros two years ago, that series wasn't about pitching. That series was not being able to score runs when they needed to.
0: Same thing here. And and you got to give the Astros pitching credit because they're the ones keeping the Yankees from scoring runs. I mean, that's all there is to it. The game on, uh, you know, game two, And then uh, today, uh, and if you have to face this guy, which, you know, possibly you could again, uh, I'm scared to death of Cole. I mean, a guy, and today he was average, and he still shut him out. I mean, he he still did his mid.
2: Yeah, he was average. He put guys on base. and. You know, I hear the same thing. Everybody, listen, everybody hates a guy who swings at the first pitch when he makes an out, but, you know, nobody says boo, and Jose Altuve, it's all on the first pitch that he sees, right? Uh, Didi didy has swung at the first pitch twice, but he had bases loaded in the first inning and two on in the fifth inning. Both times he made an out. One a weak grounder, and the second time was the, the fly ball that, you know, was two feet from being a three run homer that gave him a lead. He's, again, he's swinging at strikes. You know, both times Torres walked in front of him, but it wasn't crazy wild he can't throw a strike walks it was you know Gleyber Torres is the most dangerous hitter in the lineup right now I better be careful with him that's the kind of walks that I saw uh, Cole issue in those spots so when he comes back to Didi he's getting a pitch in the zone that he's swinging at and that's what I mean about being as aggressive as Cole was allowing them to be when he had guys on base he was throwing pitches over the plate, and they had to take those chances to swing at it because you don't want to fall behind. They just didn't get the hits. You know, if they're gonna, if if this is how they're gonna go down, if they're gonna put guys on base, they're not gonna get the hits. You know, honestly, the Astros are a really good team. You know, the, uh, you know, I, I heard John Feinstein say a million times. You know, the old Dean Smith story where he calls a timeout and says, you know, the other team gives out scholarships too. This is what you're facing with the Houston Astros at 107 games.
0: Yeah, no doubt. So uh, your gut feeling tells you uh, what about the rest of this series, Sweeney?
2: Well, then it could be a long series. You know, I I think any Yankee fan who is completely distraught right now, yeah, you have a right to be because the Astros are a scary team, but you're also delusional if you think they were going to sweep the Astros four straight. So um, I think you have to expect that you're going to get a good performance again, that you know, As much as the pitching has been what has kept you up at night for the last six months, they've pitched really well. They need to start hitting. If you believe in Aaron Judge and Glaber Torres uh, and DJ LeMahieu and these guys in Yankee Stadium, then you have to believe they're going to get a chance to hit over the course of the next couple of games when they don't have to face Garrett Cole and maybe they can uh, go back to Houston 3-2 or at least you know take it just get the series back to Houston. I know it's not ideal trying to face Garrett Cole in a game 7 in Houston but right. listen, I don't think geography matters as far as facing Garrett Cole. You have to score some runs and you have to figure it out. Yeah,
0: no doubt. Sweeney, great stuff tonight. Enjoy the rest of the series. It should be fantastic. Thanks for coming on the bench. Thanks, Scotty. All right, there you go. Sweeney Murdy, the Great uh, reporter for the Yankees on WFAN. You've heard him on this show many times. Good old friend of mine, Sweeney Murdy. All right, so uh, they just got out of a bases loaded jam. The Nationals in the eighth with two outs. They still lead 7-4. That may have been the Cardinals' last gasp. We'll see. Bottom of the eighth in D.C. The Nats going for the sweep up three runs.
3: Okay, picture this.